It's my last solo episode of the year, and today on the show, I'm going to talk to you about the one creative format, the one creative ad structure that I believe is the most powerful ad format in meta ads. And that's probably an overstatement. Like, there's probably a lot of powerful ad formats, but there's one tool that I use over and over again when I'm running ads for clients that I think is the go-to at least. It's the starting point for me for thinking about every kind of ad format. And I'm going to tell it to you today. Today, I want to talk to you about the long-form explainer ad and why I think it is so powerful for your e-commerce business if you're selling products to people on meta ads. Let's dive in. All right. So welcome as always to the Andrew Ferris podcast. Thanks for joining me today. I'm like I said, I'm talking about the long-form explainer ad concept. This was suggested to me in some ways by my friend Meta Bogle, who, who said, hey, I like when you've been doing episodes recently about highly tactical, creative type stuff. How do we generate more interest in creative and or, or how do we generate more creative and sales products? And the truth is, like, I've been thinking about this a ton recently. I did an episode a few weeks back, a couple months ago, I'll link in the show notes, about creating an operational process for more creative. That's really, really hard. And um, there's a lot of reasons why that's challenging. But, I, you know, I'm thinking a lot about the notion of creative buckets, the idea that there's a bunch of different kinds of creative formats you can use to sell product on the internet. And I've been playing with that with a number of clients recently. And the truth is, that's actually mostly been helpful. And I've definitely seen different clients perform well with different kinds of creative. It's definitely not all one thing that works. But overwhelmingly, there is one ad type that I think has a disproportionate hit rate, let's say, a disproportionate success rate. This is, I think, the way to think about ad creative. Is that sort of every attempt you make at generating ads is going to have varying levels of hit rates. And so the notion is like, how do we scale up the amount of creative output that we can get? But then also like, when we are running ads, what is my expectation for any given piece of creative? And so some types of creative have very low cost, very low hit rates, but are easy to produce at scale. Like for example, customer-generated customer content. CGC. This is the notion that actual customers send you videos of them talking about why they like your product so much. And it's very hard to fake authenticity. Your customers are, your real customers are really authentic. And so generating CGC can work really well. So, okay, that's great. So that's one way to generate a bunch of stuff. Now, those are not going to have a 50% or an 80% hit rate. You're not going to make those work all the time, but they're very cheap to generate at scale. You give your customers a gift card or whatever, and you put them in the ad account and you see how it goes. And it's really simple. And I've seen these perform incredibly well for some clients. And so that's like one sort of way of thinking about this. Another way of thinking about it would be, you know, the text and context ad, which would be something like post-it note ads or something where you're writing the text of the ad, the copy in the ad in the context of the image itself, you know, and, and you know, the letterboard ad, that kind of thing. Again, these are going to be incredibly cheap to make. I think I typically have a pretty decent hit rate, actually, and should be part of your mix. And so you could kind of go down that list for a while. I have a bunch of different buckets that I think of, and I'm trying to create those for all my clients. That said, I think there is this one format of ad that works great. And, and the moment that I say format, it sounds like what I'm saying is that it's about the format itself. And it really, I don't think is about that. So I'm going to keep using that word. But I don't actually think that's the issue. The, the potential mistake in listening to this episode or watching this episode is in thinking that what I am telling you to do is make a certain style of ad. But here is exactly why I believe the long-form explainer ad is so powerful. Because it is not actually about the style at all. It is that long-form explainer ads, uniquely information-rich ads, 
do a better job than any other ad format that I am aware of in communicating everything a client or a potential customer needs to know about your product in a way that makes the most sense to them, is clearest to them, and drives them towards uh, buying the product if they're the right fit for it. And so that's the key. The key is clarity and the amount of information they need to make a purchase. That's, that, I think, is what makes the long-form explainer ad work more than, more than anything else. It's not really about the format per se. There's no magical format here. It's about clarity to that. So let me, let me back up a little or maybe dive in a little and tell you more of what I mean when I say the long-form explainer ad. First of all, the word long-form is actually probably not that helpful here. It's not really about the length of the ad. But the reason I use that word is because the kind of ad that I'm thinking of here very often is longer. And it's because the point of the ad is the explainer part, the long-form explainer ad. And the notion here is so incredibly straightforward and simple, and yet is pretty hard to execute. The idea is you should create ads that explain, this is really obvious and yet really hard, explain with as much clarity as possible, including as much clarity as possible to the specific customer you're trying to reach as possible, explain what makes your product a great fit for them. And in some ways, I've circled this concept a lot of times uh, on this podcast and, and a lot of episodes. There's a lot of stuff you'll go back and listen to me say that really circles around this. It's basically the idea that clarity is king and information is king. People who do not know your brand, I mean, there's two principles underneath this. The first is meta ads is fundamentally a demand generation platform, at least for most of the people listening to and watching this podcast, right? Nike running meta ads is not really generating demand. They're alerting people to products that exist. They have pretty much created, you know, unending demand for their product, right? Something like that. But you are not Nike. In fact, I have a rule, which is you're never allowed to compare yourself to Nike in, in an e-commerce conversation. Everybody loves to do this. You're not allowed to do it. You're not Nike, okay? So you are generating demand. That's what makes the platform so powerful as a growth lever in your business. Where no, where no demand exists, meta ads can go and create demand for you. You can run ads and, and they will generate demand for you by targeting the right potential customer and putting your product in front of them who did not previously know about the product, okay? So that's what makes it so powerful. But there's a second thing here too, which is also that meta ads is fundamentally a direct response advertising platform, or at least the way that most of us are using it. It doesn't have to be, but the way that most of us are using it to generate demand that turns into sales right now, today, it is a direct response platform. And so you are going and generating demand from people who can buy right now. Those two things are the key pillars in understanding why the long-form explainer ad works really, really well. Because that means that, first of all, if you're generating demand, by definition, you need to give people enough information about what the product is that they are going to, that they're going to be interested in it. And if they literally have no idea who you are, that means they need quite a bit of information pretty fast. They need to be told why the, not only why this product is good, but what it is. And they didn't know that before, right? You're generating demand. They didn't know what the product was before, and now they do. And that means that they need to know what the product is, right? They, they need to know what it is that you're trying to sell them. And so many ads go wrong at this point right here. It is crazy to me how much people really struggle to be just clear about what it is that they're selling. And, and by that, I don't just mean like what category the product is in, but like what makes their product unique, right? And this starts to move towards why somebody should buy it. But this is so key. Like 
is amazing how many times I see ads that have lost to the customer because the customer, there's just no way for them to really know what it is right away. The long-form explainer ad, one of the ways to solve this is that as you generate hooks in this context, and I am going to talk more about what I have in mind with this, by the way, if you're not even sure what I'm talking about yet. Like one of the things that like works really consistently <laughs> with this is to, when you're right, when you're briefing out an ad or writing an ad like this, like literally start the ad by saying, this is the X product. This is the thing, you know, this is the Google phone, right? <laughs> Whatever, right? Yes, I use a Google phone, not an, not an iPhone please send me your hate mail about that, right? Like whatever. And okay. And so then you go into what makes that product, that product. Okay. These are the headphones from, who did I buy this from? Sony. These are the Sony headphones. They, so in, so, uh, in fact, these are the Sony noise canceling and then whatever the product is called. I don't even know. These are the Sony noise canceling headphones. And just that line right there goes so far. It goes so far. Because now at least the customer knows what it is you're trying to sell. And many people are interested in the product in your category. Now, if you are a category creating brand, like for example, when we were at Kalo, you could start by saying, this is a silicone wedding ring, okay? And the silicone wedding ring thing immediately was interesting because it was a category that previously did not exist. If you didn't know, I used to work, that's where I started in e-commerce at Kalo. Kalo was a silicone, well, the first of the big silicone wedding ring companies went, you know, massive journeys, zero to 20 million in revenue in a year and a half with no funding. And it was, and the main ads that worked were essentially pictures of rings. Like we weren't even thinking about the long form explainer type concept at the time, but it was just because it was showing people an interesting new thing and telling about a category that they were not previously aware even existed. And you were telling them, here's a silicone wedding ring. And then they would go, why would anybody want a silicone wedding ring? I mean, like if you talk to actual customers, you would hear them say this and you could see it in the comments and all that kind of stuff too. That was clearly the question. And then you would explain, okay, here's why you want the silicone wedding ring. It won't rip your finger off. It's safer in that respect. But more importantly, just for everyday wear, you don't have to, you know, a lot of guys don't seem to like wearing expensive jewelry. Or if you're working out, it's really annoying because a metal ring on a barbell or on a pull-up bar or something like that is really annoying and so on. So you, you just make the case for why the silicone wedding ring might be a good product that you, that somebody would want to buy. And so it's, here's what it is. Here's why to buy it. That is the basis of what makes the long-form explainer the long-form explainer. Telling somebody what it is because they do not know that your product exists and then telling them why they should buy it. And it's funny, man, there's so many different ideas about good creative and, and they get into things like formats and creative buckets like I was talking about. And, oh, it's gotta be socially native and it's gotta be da -da -da. And some of that stuff is so helpful. Don't get me wrong. I've, like, I've used a lot of that stuff, but so much goes wrong if you get that wrong, because at the core, and this is why I think it's not really about format, but about content, content at the core, that's what you have to communicate to somebody. And no matter how clever your ad is, if it isn't clear at the end of the day, it's unlikely to be an effective ad. The long form explainer ad is the king of clarity. It is the king ad format of clarity. It's so hard to lose if you are really clear and if your product is good and has a real uh, value in people's lives. So that's the idea with the long form explainer ad at the baseline level, okay? So then the second part, they can buy it right now. And so if you think of the front half of a long form explainer ad as what it is, the back half of the ad is why somebody should buy it right now. And by just simply giving the person the information with a validation and a guarantee and an offer and all those kinds of things, you can tell them, click here, go buy it right now. You should go do it right now. You now have the information you need to make a purchase decision right now. Here's a special offer. 
Here's why it's going to work out just fine for you. Go and do it right now. Combine all of that up. What it is, why someone should buy it, why they should buy it right now, validation guarantee CTA, offering CTA. If you, if you combine up those things in light of the fact that Meta Ads is a demand generation platform that allows, allows somebody to buy a product right now, if you combine all that up, you have the basis for why the long-form explainer ad works so well. People fear that you're going to give people too much information. It is going to be too long, et cetera. You will not give them too much information. It will not be too long. That is not a real problem because your customer is going to like having the information if they're really your customer. You have too much to do in your e-commerce business. And if you are thinking about adding talent and you are a remote team already, why in the world would you not consider adding talent from the Philippines with my friends at More Staffing? More Staffing is a Filipino staffing agency that will connect you to incredible talent in the Philippines. And that's across every part of the e-commerce world. Like they, they know inventory forecasting and supply chain management and marketing and like, I mean, just like everybody, like video editing, design, anything you need in your e-commerce business, they have done it. There's a rich culture, deep culture of e-commerce talent in the Philippines and more staffing will help you recruit, onboard, train, give ongoing coaching to that talent and they will do it for you in a way that is so cost-effective for your business. It is ridiculous. It, it's cost-effective because you can pay a great wage in the Philippines and a wage is less than you would pay for commensurate talent in the US, which means they win over there. You're attract the best talent, attract people who love working for you and who are high quality, high integrity people. And at the same time, you're going to pay them less than the same would be in the US. That is a win for both sides. Therefore, you should be considering it. I, I don't know why you wouldn't. I use more staffing in my business right now. In my agency business, I have a team in the Philippines. I have found all of them through more staffing and I love them. They're great. They do an awesome job. They're great people. I love working with them. So go to morenow.co and here's the beautiful thing. If you hire somebody from more staffing from the Philippines and that employee doesn't make it for a full year, more staffing will actually find a replacement for you for free. So they're going to take some of the risk out of hiring that is inherent no matter where you're hiring. So it, again, it's just sort of a no-brainer if you're hiring, an e if you're building an e-commerce business and you are trying to keep OPEX low as a percentage of revenue, it's one of the core ways to do it. Go get incredible talent from the Philippines for your e-commerce business from my friends at More Staffing. Go do it right now. So that's why I believe in this concept so much. Let me actually now break down how this actually works out in terms of actual creative. Like what is the long form explainer? Let's break down the disparate parts of the ad so I can show you how this plays out. And I see the long form explainer in four sections, okay? And I organize the content that I am producing in an ad in these four sections very purposefully. And I'll, I'll lay them out for you right now. Section one is a hook. Section number two is body or education section. And, and education is probably a better word here than, than body. So hook, number one. Number two, education. Section three is validation and guarantee. The idea there is to ease any concerns people have about, you know, sort of answering the objections around validating that this is true with third party validation and a guarantee and those kind of things. So that's why they're together. Validation and guarantee are together because they're both trying to do the same thing. Sort of apart from any specific product specifications, here's why you can trust us. Uh, and I'll, I'll get more to that in a second. And then section four is offer and CTA. So end the end the ad on the offer in the CTA. And that way people will know what to do next. Okay. So those four sections, just to repeat, hook, number one, number two is education. Number three, validation guarantee. Number four, offer and CTA. All right. 
I want to actually start on number two. I know it's a little bit weird, but I think it's helpful. This is the way I think about these a lot of times. Number two, section two, the education section, is the main part of what is selling the product in a long-form explainer ad. And so this, this is really going to be probably the meat of the ad in a lot of ways. Probably at least 40% of the ad will be here, depending on a number of factors. And it might be like 80% of the ad is here. But in terms of the length of the content, in terms of how much volume of content there is, the education section of the ad needs to be the section that really hammers on a specific value proposition about your product to your specific customer. So this will change. This is not just a PDP, which is, you know, on your PDP on your website, you're going to give a bunch of information to a whole lot of people. And, and it's really got to be sort of a catch-all page. It's got to apply to a wide range of customers. A, a long-term explainer can and should be targeted at a specific kind of customer and have a specific angle, okay? So it's not, that's not necessarily broad, but it is specific to telling people why the product is good and what it is. And so if you're doing a problem-solution product, for example, you may have the solution here. Your problem may be in the hook. The problem actually may be here too. But you're probably having here, here's the way that this product uniquely solves the problem. Okay, so I'll use an example I've used in, in other episodes, but um, I think of my, my friend Patrick Cadu and Supply Razors as an example of this all the time. You know, Supply Razors was a company that sold single-edge razors to people. And I've seen some of Patrick's ads. He's, he's, he's done a really good, he did a good, really good job with this when he was at Supply and as well as his team since then. But those ads do a really, really good job of saying, here's why a single-edge razor is much better than the sort of triple-blade Gillette Mach 3, whatever it is that, you know, has sort of been popular razor before. Here's what a single-edge razor is. Here's why it's designed this way. Here's what you need to know about the blade. Here's how it works. Here's why it's better for your skin. Here's why it keeps you from bumps and bruises or whatever, right? And again, you may emphasize some of those different, differently with different angles. It may be more of a sort of, it's more comfortable angle, you know, sort of reduce razor burn, reduce razor bumps, whatever, I, I don't know, <laughs> right? Or it may be something more about how smooth of a shave it is. I don't know. There could be a, a bunch of different ways you drive the, like you drive the center of the angle. And you may even make an ad where you put all that stuff in there. Just make a monster ad that basically has every value proposition in there so that people get tons and tons of information. But that's what is in that section of the ad. And I've talked about different clients of mine who I've used this for where if it's more education focused, if it's a product that's, that has a big education focus, I'll explain to them what they're going to learn or what they're going to get out of this product that is that they didn't know about, right? So it's not necessarily problem solution. It's more about here is, here's a bunch of stuff you need to know about this product that is going to make it good for you. And it's really not, even if it's not all oriented around solving a problem, it's just a bunch of other information about the product that you should know to do this. The way I've framed this in the past is sort of like, if you've made a bunch of decisions in your product development process that make the product better for somebody, tell people about them. Tell people about those decisions so that they know, oh, okay, this is why the product is designed the way it is. You have a bunch of information. We, I can give you a bunch of examples here. I don't want to go down this route too far because with too many examples because I don't know everybody else's product that well or whatever. But if you think of your product, that's what I want you to think of. What problem does it solve and how does it solve it and how good can you demonstrate that? And in this case, you actually can do this with a pure, straight up talking head. You can do this with text on screen. The way I typically do it is with a talking head with captions that cuts between the talking head, it could be you, the founder, explaining it, and B-roll of the product up close. So let's go back to my razor example with, with uh, supply, right? If I was running ads for that brand, like part of what I would do is I would have Patrick's talking head or whatever. It doesn't have to necessarily be Patrick. People don't know the founder. Somebody's talking head explaining all these things. And there'd be captions on the screen as they talk. I would script the whole thing out, brief the whole thing out. 
explain it that way. And then as they talk, as they go, I would cut to B-roll wherever it's helpful. Okay. So if I wanted to show how it, a single edge razor is different than triple blade razor or whatever, I would show the two next to each other. I'd say, this is what I mean by this versus that. Or I would just have a little simple cut to B-roll there demonstrating that fact. If I wanted to show how they shave differently, I would demonstrate that. If I want to show how you put the razor on when it dulls, I would show them how to do that. And as I talk about it, I would say, oh, it's really easy to change out the blade. No problem. Uh, and so, and while I was talking about it, I would say here, I would say you just do this and the blade comes off and you put the new blade on and show the visual of that happening. This is really intuitive for any video editor because all they're doing is they're just intercutting any B-roll that they need to, to demonstrate the thing you're talking about. And you often don't even really have to give direction to your editor to do this because it's sort of so obvious that if their job, if your job from a script perspective is to tell the story of the product with words, their job is to tell it with visuals. And so they're just going to take your words. You've already laid out the content for them and do everything they can to make your story better but with the visuals there. And, and again, you can brief this in a way, like often I'll brief my editors and say, here's the shot that I want in this section. Here's the shot I want in this section as I write out the script or as I give the prompts that are almost a script and then go from there. But, but basically what I do is I take the ad and with the body, with the whole rest of it, script it, brief it, all those things and hand it to whoever's going to read this. And again, often that body section is this, or this education section is sort of the core, of, not often, it is. The education section is the core of the ad. And when I give that to the person who's going to read the ad, they're just going to read it. And then even if they make mistakes along the way and they have to re-record certain parts, no problem. They can know that B-roll is coming to illustrate their points and somebody can edit together any mistakes there or edit out any mistakes they make, et cetera. But that's the idea, right? The education section is exactly what it sounds like. You give somebody the core information they need about what makes the product good for that customer. That's it. That's the whole goal. Okay. That's the thing that all of us are trying to communicate in any ad that we're running. Basically, here's why this product is good for you. But of course, we know that before you can tell somebody why a product is good for them, okay, before that happens, you have to capture somebody's attention and you have to make them lean in and listen to your ad. And that brings us to back to section one of the long form explainer ad, which is the hook. Okay. The hook is going to be, the hook is going to be an ad. Uh, or the, the hook is going to be the section of the ad where you're trying to capture attention, of course, as you know. But the beauty of this, uh, the way that I would do this is I would almost always have one core education section that I just believe in. And, and that's sort of straightforward. And I would write my ad with three, between three and six hooks all related to that. Okay. Um, so let's go back to my supply example. If I was running that brand, I might say, uh, do you know why you get razor bumps uh, from shaving? Okay. And that might be hook number one. Okay. Hook number two, uh, do you hate shaving? Maybe something like that would be number two. Hook number three, um, have you, this is the, this is the best designed razor in the world. Uh, and it only has one blade here. Why? Hook number four this is up the top of my head, by the way. So this is why, this is why these are half developed ideas. Hook number four, uh, the triple blade razor is making shaving worse for you. Something like that. Right. And show the, show the image of the triple blade razor while you do that. You get the idea, right? And, and again, if I sat and kind of worked this out, you might come up with more of that. But you're just trying to find inroads to capture attention. And when you record these, the beauty is you record them all. Your editor can then go create this one body with the B-roll and all those things, this one education section with all that. And then once they've edited that, and, and actually sections three and four also together, okay, then they can just duplicate that and add hook one, hook two, hook three, hook four, hook five, 
and it can make it really easy to test different hooks on one ad. Just put them all in the same ad set when you go launch them. Bid caps, of course, as always. All, all the usual media buying rules apply here. And you can begin to see which hooks are going to capture attention most and what are going to resonate with people. Instead of guessing, you just record those four or five hooks and then make sure that you know, you've got it so that the end of each hook section connects nicely to the education section and boom, you go from there. Okay. This is almost always how I build these. Now, over time, I may go back and make edits to the ed education section as well, right? If I have a hook that I know works, then I might come back around and make edits to the education section. To start, I think the hardest thing or the thing that's going to make your ad fall flat right away is that you can't capture anybody's attention. So the education section is basically right about the product. And I think most advertisers, founders, whoever, they, they have a sense of this. They know what they're trying to sell, but what's different about your product than others. Make that the education section. Don't kill yourself making a bunch of different versions of that to start. Instead, the hook part is where it becomes more of a challenge for advertising, attention grabbing, social media, thumb stop kind of stuff, right? And so that's where you're going to put some extra sort of advertising, marketing minded attention. Okay, so there's the hook. There's the education. Section three, validation and guarantee. All we're doing here is saying after you've already grabbed somebody's attention with the hook, after you've told them what's good about the product, and now they've stuck around long enough to go, oh, this is actually interesting. Like if they make it to your validation section because they're interested, okay? So oftentimes this is a minute and a half into the video. So if they've stuck around this long, they're really interested. So now just tell them why they can trust you or why there's no risk to them or better yet, both. So what I'm going to always do in this section is say, hey, we've got this many reviews on the site. This is why we've been, this is why we've been featured in X, Y, and Z magazines or publications or whatever it is. Anything you can do to validate that your product is good. We've taken this many orders, whatever. You, you've seen this a million times. It's just sort of social proof. And then on top of that, what I would say from there is, and this is why there's no risk to you. Look, maybe you're interested, but you're still not sure. Don't worry. We will give you your money back. And I just want to say right here that you should absolutely give people a money back guarantee because most people will not take it if your product is good. People don't actually want to return your product. They're not buying it so they can screw you on the money back guarantee. They're buying because they want your product. And so I've never seen a situation where like a brand adds a money back guarantee and then suddenly starts getting, you know, 50% of their products get returned from customers. There's this giant flood ruining their economics because all these people do that, unless the product is actually bad. And that's a different problem entirely, okay? So there's that. So validation and guarantee, just tack those things on there together, show them on the screen visually when you do it. If you're talking about how many reviews you have, scroll through them on the screen. If you're talking about a money back guarantee, throw a little badge on the screen that shows that just so that people don't lose sight of it. And again, cutting, cutting between that and the talking head video. Section four, it's just your offer and CTA. Now, if you are launching with one offer, this is nice and easy. You just say, order yours today and get it for 10% off. What I mean, whatever. If you have a landing page that's got you know a good, better, best offer, you just float the best offer. Hey, you can save up to 20% off when you buy today. Send them to a landing page if you know where you're going, that kind of thing. If it's just a PDP and it's 10% off when they sign up for your email list, you'd say, get 10% off when you order today, when, you know, whatever. You order today, that can be through the email list, email capture on the website. You don't even have to say that in the ad, just say whatever. Or even just tell them, order today. If there's no special offer, say order today and have it at your house by whenever, right? Whenever is just going to tell them, go right now to do it. And then the CTA, very simply, just follow the link in this ad, tap the link in this ad to learn more about this right now. And that's where your ad ends, you know. And of course, it will fade to a screen. If you want to have an outro card, you can, but. Meta's already going to put one of those basically in there that has your CTA on it. So you can do that if you want to. But yeah, that's the simple idea. Section four is just the offer and CTA. So now you've 
gun hook, capture people's attention, obviously uh, aiming at the right angle. Section two is that education section is drawn out, really focusing on clarity. Section three, validate, give a guarantee. Section four, offer and CTA. Now, the other thing is here, and this is where you start to get a lot of variations, is you can test offers doing this, right? If you are going to test three different offers and five different hooks, now you've created a whole bunch of different videos to create. I think that would be 15 different videos to create. Now, maybe not too hard for people, but the more of those different multiples you have, the, the more different ways, the more different edits that it's going to require, which means it's going to take longer for your team to develop. And that's why I like focusing my edits in the beginning on hooks. And then, and then once I've got a version of that, then I might start playing with the ad over more time by changing up the education section and the offer or whatever. Sometimes I'll launch with two offers, four or five hooks. That's not too many edits. It's fairly simple edits for somebody. And those are also testing things that have major potential to move the needle. But that's the basic idea of the whole ad. And again, when you do that, it accomplishes those two things at once. You're capturing, you're generating demand, including educating people about what the product is and giving them a reason to buy right now and telling them to go buy right now. Build that all out and do not worry if it feels too long. I'm telling you, do not worry if it feels too long. Look, if it's two minutes and five seconds, shave down six seconds from the ad so you can get under two minutes and that way it can run on reels, okay? Fine. But if it's two minutes and 30 seconds, I don't care. Most of your traffic's gonna be mobile news feed anyway. Don't worry about it. Like mobile news feed or, or Instagram news feed, right? So like, just let it go. Just let it run. Cut two versions, one, one size for news feed, one size for stories, just like always. Like do all the normal stuff that you would do to make an ad good. But all I'm saying here ultimately is that, that the fear that marketers have that their ads are going to be too long are just wrong. They're just wrong. There just isn't a situation in most cases where the content is too long. Maybe too boring, maybe not good enough. Maybe your product isn't good enough. Or maybe your product is, maybe it's only too long because your product really doesn't require that much explanation. But even there, I just think people are going to need to think about if it's new to them, they just aren't going to need to familiarize themselves with the product. So long is good. This is why long landing pages exist and why they often perform really well or why people develop landing pages in the first place. I've often actually found that long-form explainer ads kind of take the place of a long landing page for a lot of brands. You actually don't necessarily need a whole bunch more information on the landing page all the time. This might not always be true, but you often don't need it if the information in your ad is so rich and so full that the customer's kind of ready to buy once they've already watched through a lot of it. But you'll be amazed at how much people will stick around for your ad. They, they will stick around. Not most people, by the way, but you're not aiming for most people, right? You're aiming for a little fraction of a fraction of all the people who are on social media. You're not aiming to try to get everybody there. If you are doing really well, you will get a 2% click-through rate is a very high click-through rate for a social ad. If you get a 2% click-through rate, that means 98 people are scrolling right past your ad. Like, so you're not, you know, and then off of that, a good conversion rate, depending on the AOV, might be 4%. So now you're taking 4% of 2%. I mean, it's a very small number of people out of the total number of people you're reaching who you're going to sell here, which is just to say, I actually don't care that you reach widely. It is true. Maybe it is too long for a lot of people. It's too long for people who don't care about your product. And that's fine. You don't care about those people. The people you care about are the ones who do care about your product, who are interested. And for those people, you want to give them everything that they need to make the purchase right now. They need to understand what it is. They need their objections answered. They need to have some comfort that you're not going to steal their money or whatever, and that the product is going to be good. They need to know those things if they're going to make the purchase. So give them all that information. In the end, the way I would build this is, as I said, script it or come really close to scripting it. 
And then just have somebody record it on their computer or on their phone. Really easy. You can normally use a teleprompter app. Just walk through, you know, again, talking head kind of content. It should be easy to caption. Have them record it with a teleprompter, with a teleprompter or just, you know, a Google Doc on their on their screen, whatever. Hand that file over to an editor. The editor can make sure they can edit out any weird little mess ups or whatever it is that the person does. No problem. If there's four different five, four or five different video files, they can just put them all together. They'll cover over any mess mistakes you make with B-roll. And it's really easy. And one of the things I've found about this is that once you've done the hard work of scripting, people actually do have a pretty easy time than recording these ads. It's actually not too much work for them because if it's scripted and they can just kind of look at their computer or look at their phone and do it, it's really not a big deal. And of course, all of these same principles apply to basically other formats as well. You can do this with text on screen type ads, right? Where it's just like sort of, I've always called these Mashable style ads from website Mashable, where it's just like video with a little bit of music and just captions on screen. No, no even talking head, right? Just like text on screen, walking people through it. People used to call, you know, something like the old visual sales letter kind of concept. The idea is put all this stuff in there. And by the way, this is definitely borrowing from that world of direct response advertising, from the world of writing sales letters to people and trying to sell a product with a sales letter. You know, a certain amount of people are going to open your letter. There's a certain amount of people who are going to read it. There's a certain amount of people who are going to take the step of buying from there. It's the same kind of concept. Give them all the information they need. It's a very copy-driven, idea-driven approach and sell them your product that way. It's that's because this platform fundamentally is direct response. It's not fundamentally a brand marketing platform, as I said earlier, for the vast majority of us. We are trying to sell a product right now, which means you need a type of ad, a format of ad, and really a structure of content that is going to sell somebody a product right now. That's what the long form explainer excels at. I see it over and over be the best performing ad in my ad accounts. It's not the only ad that works, but it's the one that I think works most consistently, highest hit rate. Takes a bunch of work on the front end, but it's really, really worth doing. like that episode today you will love a lot of what i have coming up next week on the show i've got fan by one of my become a, become a good friend in e-commerce fan is a brilliant dude and ceo of an aggregator that owns among other brands bab- baboon to the moon and fan runs the MA side for the aggregator so that means that he sees like he's like 10 e-commerce businesses a week think about acquiring and has probably seen a thousand e-commerce businesses in the last year or two or whatever it is, right? So he knows the uh, valuation market for e-commerce businesses like nobody else that I know and can tell you exactly what, and did tell me on the podcast I recorded with him, exactly what e-commerce businesses are going for right now and how to structure your business to be as valuable as possible. If you're looking to buy a business, sell a business, it will be helpful to you. Give that episode a listen. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on that. I've also got some Google Ads content coming in a couple weeks with one of my most trusted Google Ads expert guest, Kirk Williams. There's just a lot of a lot of stuff coming here. And if you like this episode, like I said, you're going to like the rest of what is coming. As always, a mix of solo episodes and interviews going back and forth. And it's got all kinds of tactical stuff, great interviews. You're gonna like it. There's just big guests lined up in a few different spots. As always, don't forget to go to morenow.co to work with more staffing to staff your e-commerce business with virtual professionals, not just virtual assistants, but virtual professionals in the Philippines. They are amazing. If you are trying to grow your team at all, make sure you go contact more staffing and just look into it. Just see if adding talent in the Philippines is good for your business. I think it probably is in almost every e-commerce business that works remote that I know of. Now you can email me, podcast at ajfgrowth.com. DM me on Twitter, Andrew, at Andrew J. Ferris. Find everything I'm doing at www.ajfgrowth.com. All the links, as usual, are in the show notes. And I would love if you would rate and review. I know people ask this all the time. If you're listening to this somewhere right now, 
you're not driving your car or something like that, I'd be so grateful if you take a minute, stop, rate, and review on whatever platform you're on. It would really be helpful or share this episode with a friend. All right. Thanks so much again for listening, for watching. I will see you next time. Come on!